0: sounds
1: good okay episode 70 we are live i got a double matt situation here matt richard halo and cleaver matt mylin gaspify welcome to the show go ahead mark
0: yeah
1: rich matt richard we're talking halo and cleaver
2: give us the story what's it all about so Halo and Cleaver really exists because I had this, this intersecting passion of health and fitness, competitive barbecue, uh, cooked competitively for a number of years uh, at a very high level with my parents and ultimately saw that uh, this competitive barbecue landscape really mashed and didn't, didn't really jive with my desire for you know, healthy living, low sugar condiments and sauces. So really just set out to try and find solutions for that problem.
1: You look like you work out. I mean, he's got, he's got, he's got uh, 18 inch biceps underneath that uh, shirt there. Um, Also, I'm seeing this V-neck and just a shout out. Adam's Brown's going to probably say something about it. So I'm getting that out of the way. It's, I don't know, I got to do something about that. Anyway, back to the show here. Um, Okay. Let's talk condiments. Uh, Give us the layout. What were the first few condiments that you put out and sort of give us the reason as far as flavor
2: choices um, uh, when you, when you were beginning. Yeah, so again, I come from a competitive barbecue background. So the first two condiments were really just traditional barbecue staples, like a red Kansas City style barbecue sauce, one gram of sugar per serving, and then something with a little paying a little homage to the folks down in the Carolinas, a mustard based sauce, also one gram of sugar per serving. Um, Really all classics, you know, condiment staples built around ketchup, uh, which is another American staple, which has a, a little more sugar than most people probably realize this is fun uh, I'm gonna go back to a to sort of some some
1: verbiage that you're using competitive barbecue uh, I don't even know if we can, well, I'm in the Bay Area California I don't know if there's such thing uh, then then probably where
2: you're at give us give us that what is that about yeah so competitive barbecue obviously big along the East Coast all the way through the Midwest has really expanded out through Texas out to California um, but imagine you know 50 to 60 teams coming together in any given weekend to cook four staples, chicken, pulled pork, ribs, and brisket, um, and ultimately serving the food to judges and seeing you know, who on that day has the best barbecue. Um, usually. I, lo- yeah. I, I love that. Um, I, am,
1: uh, I am your customer for sure. Um, I do take a look at the bottles uh, as far as uh, barbecue sauces and, and the ketchup and condiments just in its own set um for for those sugars and the like i'm actually kind of a fan of some sugars um i'm i'm okay to take in some i talk about that you know about balanced nutrition and the like um we we all need it i think there's just uh, bad bad information out there but um going back to it how do you solve that uh what are the are the uses that you have that may be different than the, the the mainstream stuff that's out there
2: Yeah, so when we look mainstream and we look at those really, you know, commercialized barbecue sauces, uh, the sweet baby rays of the world that have really been built up around high fructose corn syrup, obviously, the first goal was just to move any of those, you know, detrimental, artificial, not really natural ingredients, um, replace them with fruit juices, you know, natural sweeteners that would be, you know, more naturally occurring in the food stream. So again, I'm not not a big uh, anti sugar kill sugar proponent but just want to reduce it and make sure it exists in its natural forms um, and I th- I really think we can provide flavor um, without all the added sugar that we see in the common products out there.
1: I think it's a, a great white space not even knowing anything if it really you know if it was beforehand I just know what the existing uh, sets look like um, and then being being a health and fitness enthusiast um, I do remember some players trying to get into that space they were really like you know guys or gals who were in the gym a lot and they were trying to solve their own problem which of course is how you should start sort of your, your own company brand or product anyway right you're, you're almost solving your own problem um, and so with that said uh, let's talk distribution where do you go first where was it set first and do
2: you um, also offer it direct to consumer right now so we do offer direct to consumer uh, answering your question backwards that was really how we launched was kind of building out a small social presence through Instagram influencers in that health and fitness community who, you know, were crossfitters, bodybuilders, really early brand advocates, um, from a distribution standpoint, the company was started in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, so it was very fortunate to partner with our two largest locally owned, uh, grocery retail chains there. Um, and just kind of slowly start building the momentum and traction, uh, through distribution that way. And what are those retailers? Uh, those are schnooks and deerbergs oh very cool 150 stores in the st louis metro area and beyond
1: Uh, let's talk about co-packing or how you're able to put this product together Uh, i'm assuming this is one of those fun fun uh exercises you can do in your own kitchen right that's how you get it going um and then you're in the backyard sort of lathering up all some ribs and chicken and the like uh protein folks protein. Um, <laughs> I could talk about that all day. Um, what do you do as far as transitioning from that sort of smaller set into a, maybe a co-packer or a commercial kitchen? What did that look like?
2: Yeah, so I have to be honest, this is where I cheated a little bit. My background is food science product development. I've worked as the director of product development at a number of co-packers in the sauce beverage space. So right in my wheelhouse, but just like you said, started with a kitchen formula, usually a thousand grams or a kilogram of product at a time, and just try to make something that I ultimately knew was scalable, meaning ingredients that would be available at the commercial scale. And it's really just, like you said, taking a chef-created recipe um, and then slowly scaling it up uh, with the co-packer.
1: I uh, enjoy that comment, Uh, and again, it it is really for anybody, right? As far as it is, if it's a product that you can make in your own kitchen, you can totally do that, right? Mm -hmm. And you're doing it proportionately, right? It's just smaller amounts. You're playing around, and you're doing one. You give it to your buddies and your friends and your mom and all that. Hey, what do you think, right? Get real feedback, and then try it again and the like. And then when you're really ready, you know, jar it up, Right? throw it in the bottle and then go down to a farmer's market and try to sell a hundred bottles, right? And then from there, the big, the big one is, are they buying it and more importantly, are they coming back to buy it? Um, it's the latter that is the most important piece to the puzzle so that you have some information that you can really go on. Um, as far as next steps, where do you take this? What is sort of the goals as far as getting into 2021, Q1, Q2,
2: where do you wanna go? Yeah, so actually, the brand as it exists now has been around for just under two years. Uh, So we're going through a really exciting rebrand process in which we are kind of shifting our target consumer from that fitness foodie that really, you know, dietary health conscious consumer to a more mainstream consumer. Uh, So you'll see some exciting new packaging coming out in the, the coming months, which we're really excited about. Um, And then obviously 2020 difficult year to try and gain shelf space because of COVID, but really excited in 2021 to put the new, the new branding forward um, and to really just build this message of, you know, uh, inclusivity and including people in the food experience. That's what we're really uh, trying to do moving forward. Just create a really collaborative, fun food brand.
1: Uh, Talk about the brand then for a sec. It's Halo and Cleaver. Um, I've seen, I've been on the site for a second. It's very clean. uh, it's unique sort of in its, in its vision, you know, sort of visuals, uh, where did that come from? Give us the name background.
2: Yeah. Halo and cleaver again, just this really contrasting idea of halo, these really wholesome ingredients, which are in, you know, all of our natural foods. Um, and then cleaver having a two-part meaning one, uh, this meat cutter, butcher barbecue background, but really also just cleaving out any of those, you know, artificial detrimental ingredients that we really don't think need to be in the food. Um, so we have these good, wholesome ingredients, and we've also removed anything that uh, doesn't need to be in there. Isn't it interesting to, f- to figure out, even for
1: us, um, you know, oftentimes people, because we call them protein snacks, you know, protein pus and the like, they originally people thought, oh, you're talking fitness, health enthusiasts and the like. But the reality is our core consumer, what we find out is families, right? Moms, Absolutely. dads, and then offering it not just to themselves, uh, but to kids, but of course health and fitness enthusiasts or health conscious consumers even like myself we eat that because we already understand it but even for someone like yourself have a product that again fits originally for a consumer that understands it right when they see it but the but what may happen is the core consumer the big big push is actually the everyday buyer of the condiment who just says wow this is a better option for me as far as nutrition, because it not only is nutritionally better, but it tastes great. Yeah. If you nail those two things and your messaging is there, isn't it just a wonderful opportunity that you've just discovered?
2: Yeah, Mark, you nailed it. You know, I, I founded the brand for, you know, the, the dieting bodybuilder, the competitive CrossFitter who was tracking their macros and the feedback early on and all along was from mom who not only loves it for herself, but loves feeding it to her kids because it tastes good and she doesn't have to, to worry about all the extra sugar, the artificial colors and flavors. So you nailed it. You know, that target consumer is not originally who I thought it was, but it's exactly who you described there.
1: Good for you, man. Good for you. I mean, you got you got a, a, a mustache, dude. He's he's working out, he's doing CrossFit workouts, he's got a great brand, he's figuring out who the consumers. This guy's nailing it. Uh, good stuff, uh, Matt. I, uh, I like the brand. I like um, everything about, that was 10 minutes, 11 minutes of just pure information, pure uh, value add. And that is exactly what this thing is about. And so I respect the heck out of you, dude. And I want uh, nothing but success for you in 21. So keep doing your thing.
2: I really appreciate that, Mark.
1: Thank you so much. We're moving to the other Matt, Matt Milan. And I na- I'm nailing that last name like nobody's business. Uh, Gaspify, the new site's going to be up in a week. So, right, we know that. This is a pure startup. Give us the platform for Gaspify.
0: Absolutely. First of all, I want to say thank you for inviting me on the show, Mark. Um, Gaspify is a platform to find unreported, ignored, or hidden buyer trends on Shopify. There is a huge opportunity for the Shopify ecosystem to know what's going on behind the scenes to say their customer orders, uh, certain data relationships going on, uh, products bought together, variants bought together, uh, all about who's converting per region, per zip code, per city. Uh, we like to focus on the macro as well as the granular according to uh, the individual store's needs. We see a huge opportunity to increase store revenue, their annual sales, retarget their marketing, their average order value. Uh, We have a potential base of the uh, Shopify ecosystem, which is growing past one million uh, Shopify stores. Um, Our team is made of Shopify experts that have been on the platform for many years and know about its limitations as well as its abilities to provide the most value to customers. Uh, We are a small team, we are launching in 2021 and uh, we are just very excited. Uh, we plan to save $1.5 million for Shopify stores before 2025.
1: I like that a lot. And so will all these Shopify people because you uh, were on Shopify and I know many, 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 others are too. Uh, check out Gaspify. Halo and Cleaver, their info is there. Uh, subscribe to the show. Scotty tells me to say that every time I I'm, uh gents i appreciate having you on have a great rest of the year let's do it
0: absolutely